Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. So today we're going to be talking about how many calories to burn body fat. Okay, so this is one of those things that you see a lot of differing opinions all over the entire internet, and it can be very, very confusing and just straight up annoying when it comes to getting a straight answer and knowing what exactly you need. So I'll answer that for you today, and I'll tell you the why behind it so that way it's not, oh, well, this person said this, this person said that. It's this is the way it is because of this reason. So that way you got some knowledge um, behind it and you can believe that, hey, this is exactly what I actually need. Okay, so when it comes to burning body fat, there are two main rules. Okay, so the first rule is calories dictate which way the scale moves. Just plain and simple, if you eat a certain amount of calories, your weight is going to go up, it's going to stay the same or it's going to go down. Okay, you this is why you always see those weird stories in the news where somebody ate pizza for a month and lost 10 pounds or the guy at Kansas State that did the Twinkie diet, he lost weight while eating nothing but junk food and sweets and things like that because calories are going to dictate which way it goes. But rule number 2, if it will show you and agree with me here, okay, is that the food quality is going to affect your body composition, energy, hormones, hunger, and cravings. Okay. The reason that it's not just calories is because of stuff like this. If you want to eat nothing but crap and lose weight, you, you can do that, but your body composition. So the amount of fat to muscle is going to be way worse than if you prioritized mostly nutritious foods. Your energy is going to be horribly low if you eat nothing but crap. But if you eat some fruits, vegetables, lean meats, and things like that, you're going to be loaded with energy all day. And even though you're in a deficit, it's not going to feel that crappy. Hormones. If you eat nothing but junk, then your hormones are going to respond because hormones are literally just a response to whatever we give our body, whether it's stress, food, thoughts, anything, it's a response. So your body is going to respond poorly with a poor diet and it's going to respond better with a good diet. And then hunger and cravings. The people that do these insane diets usually are super low energy and they're usually really hungry all the time and they're just trying to prove a point for a short period of time. If you want to eat nothing but pizza and Twinkies forever, it's not going to happen without weight gain and it's not going to happen without feeling like crap and craving it over and over again. All right, so first thing we want to figure out is how to get your TDEE, so your total daily energy expenditure. Now, for everybody listening in on the podcast version, I'll do my best, um, but the image definitely helps here. So right here, we have a 0 to 100% chart. So basically, this is the entirety, the 100% of your calories throughout the entire day. And right here, that big, big chunk, the biggest one, about 60-ish percent of your entire daily calories are going to come from your basal metabolic rate. That is literally just 
it's known as your resting energy expenditure. That is just if you were to lay in bed all day, do nothing, this is exactly how many calories you would burn. And for a lot of people, that is a lot of calories. Most people that I work with are in that 1500, 1600 ballpark of their BMR, but they go on 1200 calorie diets. So this is that number that you never really want to go below because that's when your body starts to fight back. But we'll get into that more as uh, this goes on. Next up, which is about like 20-ish percent would be your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is that stuff that you do that wouldn't really be considered exercise, but it requires calories from your body. So things like tapping your foot, things like blinking, things like walking that's not meant to be exercise. So like taking the stairs at work or walking from your car to the office, that would be considered non-exercise activity not really um, intentful with making it exercise. Next is the thermic effect of food, which is about 10-ish percent. And that's the amount of energy that we need to use just to break down the food we're eating. Because even though we're consuming that food, we're not getting 100% of the calories that we are eating. And based on different macronutrients and different ingredients, some food we need to use more calories to break down than others. So for example, Protein is the hardest food to break down because that's just the way it is. And I am not going to go that deep on this podcast, but protein out of protein, carbs, and fats is the one that usually burns up the most calories to digest and absorb and all that. Now, carbs and fats are a lot easier to digest and to process and do all that. But if those carbs have fiber, it requires a little bit extra cal or a few extra calories to push that through. So when it comes to that, the better quality sources usually require more calories to burn. That's why when you do that stuff, it's easier to lose more weight. Um, and then next is exercise activity thermogenesis. That's just straight up exercise. And that makes up less than 10% of your entire energy throughout the entire day. So these are like ballpark estimates, but they're pretty much about what you can expect. So let's say you were you were um, eating 2000 calories a day. Out of that 2000 calories, we'll say that exercise is about like 8%. So you can assume like maybe out of that 1000 calories, that's what would it be? 80 calories would be from exercise. So 160 calories overall would be from exercise. So if your tracker is telling you you're burning 600, 700, 1000 calories, it's just not true. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble with this is they try and exercise back their calories, but our bodies are very firm on how many calories we can burn every single day. And there is a definite cap. What ends up happening when you exceed that point is that it slows you down in other ways. So let's say you do those two extra or the two hardcore workouts a day and you're running marathons and things like that. Your non-exercise activity is going to slow down without you even thinking about it. You're going to have less energy to do those extra movements throughout the day. Like Blinking is going to happen at a decreased rate. You're not going to be tapping your foot. Libido is going to go down because that's too many extra calories that your body does not want to burn. Things like that are responses to going too low. And next, after you figure out your total daily energy expenditure is, or actually I take that back. We want to figure out how to get that number. So the way that we do that is one, by figuring out that basal metabolic rate. So BMR 
for short. For men, this is the formula. For women, this is the formula. For anybody listening in on the podcast, I am not going to say the exact formula because it's a long one. You could just Google BMR and BMR formula for the Harris-Benedict equation. This is it. And it's the closest we can get to the most accurate way to measure your basal metabolic rate. Next is to figure out your activity level and multiply it by that. So say you got 1500 calories, you're for your basal metabolic rate, you're then going to multiply it by 1.2 to 1.9 based on whatever your activity level is. So 1.2 would be somebody who's sedentary, somebody who sits for most of the day, but you can walk around the office and at home when you're doing the dishes and stuff. And that's pretty much like what a 1.2 would be. A 1.5 would be when you exercise about three times a week ish on average. And you live a pretty active lifestyle, like you go on walks with friends, and you kind of go out of your way to make sure that you're doing some sort of intentional movement. And then a 1.9 would be like that elite level athlete, where it's like you're doing five to seven days a week in the gym, you're doing two a days, and you just have a ton of energy to burn. Okay, that would require a whole lot more calories. These are like Olympic level athletes and things like that. And I would say that for most people, most people, the average person who is not an athlete for their job does not have to go that high in the calories. Okay, then once you've gotten your total daily energy expenditure, you've gotten your BMR, you've gotten your uh, your total daily energy expenditure by multiplying that BMR by your activity level to lose one pound per week, which would be about 3,500 calories, divide that by seven. That means that you need 500 calories less each day. So let's say you are actually, I have an example here. Okay. So let's say you're a 40 year old mom, 180 pounds, five foot five. Your basal metabolic rate would come out to about 1500 calories. Now, when you do it, if you want to run these numbers, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be exactly 1500. I just did this to make it a lot easier of an example. So I rounded here. Okay. So let's say you're sedentary and your basal metabolic rate is 1500. So if you multiply that by 1.2, that would get you about 1800 calories. Now, if we want to lose that one pound of weight, your calorie deficit would have to be 1300 because 1800 minus 1300 is 1500 or sorry, 1800 minus 500 calories is 1300. Sorry for the confusion. The only problem for anybody who's been paying attention, listening in, and people can see it visually here, that calorie deficit being at 1,300 calories puts us below our basal metabolic rate of 1,500 calories. And that's a problem because when you go below that basal metabolic rate, your body fights back. Your body will slow down, and it's going to make you feel like absolute crap and make it that much harder to stick to your diet. Now, let's say that we put a little bit of activity in there. Okay, so moderately active. You go to the gym two to four times a week, you get some walks in, your step count's in a good place. Okay, so your basal metabolic rate does not change. It still would be 1,500 calories just based on your height, gender, weight, and all that. But because your activity is higher, your total daily energy expenditure is now 2,300 calories compared to that 1800 if you were just sitting on your butt not doing much. So we got 500 more calories to support that activity level. So when we subtract um, 
Oh, my math is off here. Sorry about everybody watching. It's actually your calorie deficit would be 1800 calories, but it shows 1700. But either way, you can have that 1700 calories too. So if we took away 500 calories to lose that one pound per week from the 2300 calories, now that we're active, you would be able to lose a pound of body weight eating 1800 calories. And then if you want to take even more away, you can go as low as that basal metabolic rate. Wouldn't suggest it. I would say eat as many calories as you possibly can until it stops working. That's when we get into plateau busting and things like that, but you can get away with eating 1700, 1800 calories with your activity level this high and burn that one pound of body weight per week on average. And now this being said, people really struggle with counting calories. They really do. And it's because calorie counting is just a part, one part of the equation. There's other things that factor in like Preparation. If you lack preparation as far as knowing what you're going to eat, knowing on average what you should be eating, and you have some sort of a game plan going in, makes it so much easier. A lot of people just say, I'm going to count calories, and then they don't do this part. They don't prepare, and they're just like, oh, God, what do I put in? What do I put in? Oh, this, this is really hard. I have no idea what I'm going to put down. I have no idea what I'm going to eat. Screw this. I'm done. And that leads to quitting early and not seeing results. Okay, next is high stress. If you are really, really stressed out and you feel like you are a pressure cooker about to burst, adding this in and adding in the activity of tracking your food can be that one thing, that one straw on the camel's back that breaks it. And when you're in a really high stress situation on a daily basis, it makes everything else feel freaking impossible. A lack of sleep. When you don't sleep well, your choices the next day are going to be impacted because your body wants easy. Your body wants to conserve energy. When you don't sleep as much, you move less. So you're actually burning less calories the next day. So that throws off the entire equation completely, or you got to account for that. Next is low protein and fiber. Like I mentioned in the beginning, the nutritious foods that have protein and fiber are going to help you feel better. They're going to burn more calories and they're going to lead to better results. So if you're low in that, the opposite's going to happen. And then next is just being straight up frustrated with the whole tracking process or making common errors that a lot of people make and just getting burnt out from the entire thing. But there are things that you can do that will help with that, like copy and pasting your meals in whatever app that you're in, or making sure that you measure only raw or only cooked and stick to things like that. But there's a laundry list of things that people really struggle with, which is why, okay, you don't have to worry about any of the stuff that I just talked about because I laid it out all for you. Okay. I made a complete guide to counting calories just for you guys. So that that way, you don't have to struggle with this stuff. Okay. It includes the fit 40 calorie and macro calculators. So you can just calculate your calories in there instead of having to do this whole elaborate equation and having to do all that crap. Okay. It's real simple. Just put in your height, weight, pick the right gender. And then right from there, it'll calculate it out for you. And you obviously activity level too. But if you don't even want to do that and you just want to have it all done for you, you could book a uh, fix my diet call. 
I got three open every single week. So if you want to take advantage of one where I'll do everything for you, you get a free cookbook with high protein recipes and at home workouts. And I talk to you about those things that most people struggle with and come up with a game plan for you. Totally free, no obligation. Just happy to do it for you guys. Okay. If you want to take advantage of it, just in the comments, say fix my diet or anybody listening on the podcast, click the fix my diet link to set up a call. Or if you just want the guide, just the guide and do it on your own, just comment guide. Or again, if you're listening in the podcast, it's going to be in the show notes, just click away and you will have access to that. So I hope that this clear, uh, gave you guys some clarity on the calories and exactly why certain calories for certain people are different and what should be the one for you. And if you have any other questions, like I said, comment away. And if you're not in the Facebook group already, all you podcast listeners, get your butt in the group. Okay. That'll be in the show notes too. Hope you guys learned a thing or two. Um, I'm all done. I'm not going to keep, keep, uh, neck. I don't know what the word is. See, my brain just cut off. We're at that point. So hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day, rest of your week, and I'll see you same time, same place next week.